1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Swing and a ground ball right side. It's under the glove with that on, minutes It's the right. The game is tied. Here comes Castellanos. He'll score and the Phillies lead it in the ninth. Gene Segura has come through, and the Phillies have s-
3: scored three times to take the lead on the Cardinals. Oh, what a moment, what a moment, what a day, what a time, what an amazing afternoon, what a great just time to be a Philadelphia sports fan. Good morning, everybody. I'm Glenn Mack now with my pal Jody Mack. Jody, how are you today? I'd say pretty
4: good, Mr. Yeah. McNeil. It's uh, uh, yes, pretty sir. good estimate. Uh, yes, yeah,
3: all sir. is well in Philadelphia, at least for today. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, it is. By the way, Jody is in. Mike uh, Sealski, who's normally uh, in that spot, uh, on Saturday is flying to uh, Phoenix for tomorrow's Eagles-Cardinals game. So I am delighted that Jody can be here with me today to celebrate a surprising win by the Phillies yesterday, who beat the hated St. Louis Cardinals 6-3. to Epic comeback! They lead the series one to nothing. They can win and advance tonight with Aaron Nola on the mound. I think it's with eight thirty start, something like that,
4: right, Joey? Twenty seven. they're so okay, thereabouts. There All
3: right. I want to go through this piece by piece. Uh, yesterday, if we may, I'll I'll kind of set it up, and you knock it out of the park. So first, Wheeler um, was great. Had, by the way, had never been to the playoffs. Went six and two thirds without allowing a run. Seventh inning allows a leadoff hit to, I love the names of these guys, Lars Knutbar. No, I'm sorry. That was in the first. He allowed the hit to Lars Newtbar. Then he retired 15 of the next 16 hitters. Excuse me. Then he goes into the seventh inning, starts off well, um, and the manager decides to pull him at 96, 94 pitches. Did you have any issue at the moment With 96 pitches, by the way. First time he had thrown that in a long time. Did you have any issue at the moment at that time, Jody, with Rob Thompson?
4: Without being able to talk to Wheeler himself. He had not gotten up to 100 pitches in his two rehab starts uh, after rehab starts, which both were basically phenomenal but limited, and they watched to make sure that there was no fallback, so he could be available for game number one. So I thought it would be close to 100 pitches, and he was at close to 100 pitches. So without hearing it directly from Wheeler, I I can't find any fault with the way uh, Rob Thompson handled it.
3: Yeah, and I'm I'm of the same of the same uh, mind. He got in a little bit of trouble in the sixth. He allowed the two base runners, and then Albert Pujols hit into the double play. By the way, I think Pujols still on his way to first base. On you that. you
4: you and I were texting at that time, and I was predicting a triple play a line <laughs> shot down to third base because albert is as slow as he is and god bless albert pool he's the kind of guy that you can root for sorry albert we can't root for you this week but a phenomenal career and so glad he got the seven home run 700 home runs oh i was l- rooting for a laser one hopper to third yeah. to go five four three triple play at the time
3: yeah well it didn't happen but gosh he really- got a double
4: play yeah, the Ooh. next best thing yeah, they didn't slow. get three but they got two yes
3: Oh, and by the way, nice defense by Alec Bohm in that inning and during the game. The corner butcher, as Ray named him, did his job at third base yesterday. It was good to Absolutely. see. Absolutely. All right, so Alvarado comes in, and Alvarado, he'd been great. Had not allowed a home run since July, had not allowed a run since August 23rd. Jody, he walks the first batter,
4: and you know what that means? Yikes. Who the heck is Jose Yapez? I, and and we've seen this, smack and I know we've got to give away today. We're going to kind of tie into this, but the unknown hero that comes up big in the postseason, I had, yes, heard this guy's name before. I couldn't give you a detailed scouting report on him. I know he's a bat off the bench for the Cardinals, but, man, did he time that pitch up perfectly. Yeah,
3: he sure did. It's still moving. Anyway, so a 0-0 game turns into 2-0, and it's a problem because – nobody's hitting uh, for the Phillies. Actually, let me backtrack for a moment. St. Louis manager, Oliver Marmel, and imagine we're doing this show today in St. Louis, Jody. You know what we're talking about. He pulls the starter, Jose Quintana, uh, in the sixth, five in the third scoreless innings, just 75 pitches, really did the Phillies a favor.
4: He did, but in the same vein of Wheeler, that's what Quintana has been for them. All year long. He's not coming off an injury the way that Wheeler was, but that's the way they've been using him and using him almost to perfection. The guy had been phenomenal, but that's what he is. He's a five-plus inning pitcher, and they thought that he was right at his limit at five and change. There weren't a lot of strikeouts in the game. Yes, there was a lot of soft contact, but that's a Quintana game. So I'm not going to sit here and and, uh, second-guess their manager either because I think he's got as good a grasp. Quintana's been around for a decade, and he's a junk ball and lefty, and he's been an average pitcher at best. When he's good, he's average. When he's bad, he's why the hell is he in a rotation? And they acquire him, and he was phenomenal for them down the stretch. He was. So how do I sit now, sit there, and go, oh, my God, the manager screwed him up? Okay. That's fine, then.
3: I, I was not aware that 75 pitches is kind of his norm, but, hey, if it is, great, because this really worked out for the Phillies. Uh, we go into the eighth inning, eighth inning. The Phillies bats are doing nothing. Well, they have two two hits, three hits yep. in the first eight innings. Giovanni Gallegos is pitching well in relief. Uh, the manager pulls him to go to Ryan Helsley for a five-out save, Um, which, again, I thought was early, but if that's the way he manages his pitching staff normally, Fine. Helsley gets through the eighth. We go to the ninth. Reese Hoskins strikes out swinging. By the way, two pitches way out of the strike zone. He's chasing. Yeah. Helsley, it appears Helsley cannot throw a strike. So, Jody Mack watching in his living room. Basement. We are now in,
4: in, I'm sorry, which room? <laughs> The, the, the man cave downstairs. Man cave, basement. fine. That's
3: cool. That's with, with my
4: daughter in tow, she nice. and I watched the game together, which oh, was great. Oh, that's
3: so nice. Yes. That's, you know, the, you and your daughter haven't gotten to watch a Phillies playoff game since she was, what, a teenager?
4: Since Brad Lidge threw his glove up in the air and uh, yeah. uh, hugged uh, Chuch Ruiz, as a matter of fact.
3: Okay. So, Helsley, I mean, you can see, even with Hoskins, he can't throw a strike. But there's one out in the ninth. The Phillies have nothing going.
4: How are you feeling then? not optimistic being 100% honest Uh, I'm looking for I wasn't uh, I didn't leave the room I didn't go outside grab a smoke no I hung tough and had belief but would I have got into my pocket to make a wager on a game at that point absolutely not right there's
3: there's really not much basis to think anything is going to happen and then Jody Mack JTL Real Muto aligns a single to left field not exactly a hard-hit ball, but it gets there. Helsley's got to go to the stretch. Helsley can't throw a strike at all. Bryce Harper walks. Are you thinking at this point Helsley's just falling apart? Because I am.
4: Uh, here's and Oh, by the way, and uh, I, I apologize to any of you Michael Kay and A-Rod fans out there. <laughs> of which, in the Delaware Valley, there may be two. It was a really tough listen. A rod is just terrible. Awful. Michael Kay's a professional announcer, but he's so tied to the Yankees, you can't you can't move away from it. But they were, I'll give him this nod, talking about the fact that Helsley got hurt uh the last week of the season, took a bad step, fell on his hand, and was having some issues with one of his fingers. And, yeah, I, that's what I was hanging my hopes on, that this guy isn't 100% because he was no all-star closer this year. The guy was yeah. stone-cold uh, dominant. Oh, numbers are great. Yeah, off the charts great. So, uh, to their credit, and I should have known this, and I didn't know it until I heard it on the broadcast, that he wasn't quite 100%. I'm hoping. Man, I hope that finger's bad.
3: hmm Yeah. Well, something's going on because he cannot throw a strike. Then he walks Nick Castellanos, almost hits him in the head twice. And the manager leaves him in, and they don't have anybody warming up. Again, I'm not a St. Louis Card- Cardinals fan. I don't know this guy Marble, but if I were, I would have a lot of questions. Then comes Alec Boehm, pegs him in the shoulder. Uh, and at that point, because I want to talk about Rob Thompson, did he made an interesting decision, Jody? Uh, you're still down two to nothing. You got bases loaded. So your winning run is on first base. Is it two to? Nine? It's yeah, two to nothing. Still two zip. Yeah. Um. And he puts in Sosa to pinch run for Alec Bohm. which
4: didn't even occur to me, but he did. Your thoughts? Here's the surprising part. Um. Usually you do that for the tying run. Yeah. And and you decided by what. Uh, runner uh, needs to be most upgraded with speed, and you weren't about to pull Bryce Harper out of the game, and he was the tight run, so um, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you need to factor that in. Um, yeah, I was surprised. I didn't mm-hmm. think it was a bad move. I was more along the lines of damn, I hadn't thought of that. Good job, Rob. Uh that, Exactly. Sosa is faster, and oh, by the way, even though Bohm had played well defensively prior to in the game, Sosa's a borderline gold glove guy. He's yeah. that good, so you're, it's twofold. If you tie it up, you are upgrading your defense, or even if you take the lead by one run, you're upgrading your defense for the bottom of the ninth, and man, did that come back to pay off.
3: Oh, it really comes back to pay off because the next hitter... Uh, oh, and by the way, excuse me, at that point, finally... The St. Louis manager goes out and pulls um, uh, Helsley f- for this injury, which I don't know if they were stalling. I don't know if they were playing it up. But
4: it did appear
3: that one of the incentives was to allow his relievers a lot of time to warm up because he waited so long to get him up in a bullpen.
4: Right. And I, I saw a lot on Twitter afterwards. Oh, my God, this is just such a farce, and this is uh, them stalling and giving a- if it's true that's part of baseball and if the if the guy had no injury whatsoever and this was just made up out of whole cloth then i'd have a problem with it that the, the umpire is being duped a little bit here that they're doing this for a specific uh, reason oh no thank you very much for that bad finger because one of the best clothes in baseball couldn't come close to throwing a strike would you rather him be healthy and the cardinals have to play by the rules I picked up on a lot of the complaining and whining that the Cardinals were doing it with a dual purpose. I had no issues with it, none whatsoever. And if the guy couldn't throw strikes because of his bad finger and they took a little extra time to get their bullpen guy ready because of it, thank you very much for doing just that.
3: It was gamesmanship, but as you said, that's part of the game is gamesmanship. So that, So that's fine, and it also suggests that – You know, well, he threw a lot yesterday. Tonight, I don't know that we're going to see Housley again, which
4: is nice. It's good. good. All of a sudden, they don't have their uh, shutdown closer in a must-win next two games or you're done. Uh Sorry about the bad finger, Mr. Housley. So, they put in uh, new reliever uh, Andre Palante.
3: Palante, yeah. He's got a 5.91 ERA since September 1st. Thank you very much. They had Flaherty out there warming up, who I just thought would have been a better choice. But okay. All right, then. Up, Jody. Let us set up the moment of the game. Gene Segura, good clutch hitter, comes up. As they noted 18,000 times in the broadcast, he'd have the largest active career in Major League Baseball without being in the playoffs. Here comes the pitch. Here comes the moment. Swing and a ground ball right side. It's under the glove of Edmund. in the right.
2: The game is tied. Here comes Castellanos. He'll score, and the Phillies lead it in the night. Gene Segura has come through, and the Phillies have scored three times to take the lead on the Cardinals.
3: Um, just a beautiful moment. And, again, it wasn't – It was he, he chased a pitch that was low and away, pokes it in the right field, past the second baseman, who maybe should have had it but didn't. And it was a bleeder, Jody. Call it what you want.
4: It did the job. You're you're feeling it that time. Seeing eye is what I would there call it. <laughs> That's a good uh, one. base hit. <laughs> Um. Yeah, just a great piece of hitting by Gene, and that's the kind of player that he is. He puts the ball in play when he needs to put the ball in play. This Phillies lineup has a whole bunch of strikeouts, and that Gene Segura is not one of them. So you had the guy at the plate that you wanted there, probably as much as anyone else in the lineup, and he delivered big time. And the fact that he was, prior to the start of the game, the player with the most games played, Active in their career without ever having been in a playoff game over 1,300, and he delivers was just
3: huge. It was just, it was great. It was a brilliant moment. And it's, you know, they, they put up before the inning that the Cardinals, when they were leading in the ninth inning in their history in postseason, we're going back to – Frankie Frisch and Joe Medwick, <laughs> right? I mean look, right? Uh, we're going back to ra- that.
4: Rabbit right?
3: Maronville? Mar- Moranville? yes. Marinville? Yes, we are going back to Dizzy Dean. <laughs> yeah. Had never they were ninety three and zero when they were leading in the ninth inning of the playoffs. And that was a that was a pretty auspicious number. And all of a sudden here we go. Up comes Bryson Stott. Uh we talked about Edmundo Sosa coming in to pitch run for Bohm. It it pays off um do, you have, uh, do we have the sound back at the studio for this one? Yeah, let's play it. This is Bryson Stott comes up. One and two on Bryson. Polante ready. Here's the
2: pitch. Swing at a ground ball. Diving. Goldschmidt's got it. Coming home. The throw. It's late. Yes. Sosa with a headfirst slide. He has scored. And another run is home. Edmundo Sosa just in under the tag of Molina. And it's four to two Phillies in the ninth.
3: Pretty damn good, Joey. Great call and by Fred. And, friends, it, and it was a, we talked about the, the call
4: by Thompson to bring in the pinch runner. Bohm's not scoring on that. Probably not. Uh, the upgrade in speed is is marginal, but because it was so close, marginal is the difference. Yeah. It, it, it might have been a bang-bang play by a couple inches either way. Well, he scores by a couple inches Chances are bumps out by a couple inches. The difference between out and safe is all the difference in the world. So, again, all all the credit to Rob Thompson for thinking as far ahead as he did. Glenn, this is the portion where I probably annoy every single
3: thing. Oh, no. No, what?
4: What? The Phillies showed grit. They showed toughness. They did it a way that they haven't done all year. You know, one foolish talk show host deemed them the Broad Street Boomsticks before the year started. That the only way they were going to win was by hitting home runs and getting good pitching. Well, they got very good pitching, uh, but no home runs whatsoever. And they just created six runs in the ninth inning, as I pointed out uh, on Twitter. Not one ball was hit hard. Oh, no. The entire inning. Not no, one. No, all for okay. hard that. hit balls.
3: But here's the thing. Uh, you're absolutely correct. And their sluggers are not doing what you pay them to do typically, right? Harper's hit three home runs since he's come back. That's right. not exactly you know, that's that's the same Maton's hit three home runs in that period of time. Uh Castellanos is not hitting home runs. Well Schwaber certainly has been, but you know, not yesterday. But what this shows, and I'm gonna—I'll read a Larry Boa tweet from yesterday to address your point. Good things happen when you put the ball in play. Yes, the highest exit velocity in the ninth was 88 miles per hour, but six runs later, the win case closed. They played—they didn't swing from the hills. They tried nope. a suicide squeeze. They worked walks. Boom, stood in there and took a 101-mile fastball off the shoulder. I'll—I'll I'll win in small ball. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, they didn't win the way you think they should win, but if they can win. Playing smart, playing small, getting lucky. They definitely got lucky. The last hit is the, the, the Brandon Marsh you know, single past Bull Glove third baseman that I
4: think was, we all agree was an error. But, hey, I'll take it. That's where I was going. And leave, oh, it, to La- leave it to Larry Boa. To go all analytics with 88-mile-an-hour exit velo off the bat. I just said they didn't hit the ball hard. Out of any there at bat to the night. Thing, Boa giving us analytical research well, to make the same point. I, I appreciate that. Here's the point I was going to make. Yeah, I'm sorry. The ball that Gene Segura hit? Yeah. At least, at least should have been knocked down if not caught. Yep. Edmond's going to make that play. Yep. Goldsmith, ground ball to first base. Yeah, he had to, to, to dive to get it, but he's up, and he hitched. He he. There was a momentary pause in his throw, and it is a second, a partial second late, and he gets in under the tag, and as you noted, Nolan Arenado's a co glove third baseman, and Washington's ball goes blatantly under his glove. So they had a little help. the Phillies had a little help from their friends yesterday. The Cardinals played some putrid defense in the ninth inning, which helped the Phillies put that sixth run up. I know it, it, it's kind of raining on the parade. I don't want to, and they get all the credit in the world for hanging in and being as tough as they were. The Cardinals kind of handed some but I don't I don't th- th- I think that's okay because we've
3: seen our team self-destruct. that's true to see the other team self-destruct, particularly that team, and it gets me to one more sound but I want to play. Um, we all have teams we dislike. And for me, it's always been the Cardinals. I have found them annoying forever. The the gloating, the Cardinals way. They invented baseball. Baseball heaven. Uh, you know, that all that stuff. Hate it. So, when, I think it's when it got to be 5-2. to two. I want to play a little Scott Fransky for you. And the pitch. Swing at a ground ball. Left side. Arenado
2: has it go under his glove. Segura coming around third. The throw is not in time. Arenado couldn't get to it. He backed up on the play. And the bouncer by Brandon Marsh makes it 5-2, to two
5: Phillies. And what a ninth inning at Bush Stadium. Unbelievable. Uh, how much have we talked about, or even Thompson talked about throughout this year, how resilient this ball club is when their backs are to the wall? Arenado, you just don't see him not make that play. And Cardinal fans
2: are leaving. They are headed for the exit.
4: That was my favorite moment of the day. (laughs) And they did. They showed it on TV. And it wasn't just like two or three guys trying to beat the traffic. There were good numbers rolling into the uh, uh, exits. That was just stone cold week. It's a playoff game. Yep. This is not a uh, night where you got to get up for work the next day. It's a late afternoon game where you, uh, on a Friday no less. Where the hell are you going? How do you get up and leave?
3: It was great. <laughs> it was great. Uh, to your point, we've had we Philly fans have seen a lot of late inning losses this year. Oh God, last year. Over the years, just have the other team do it. You're correct. I don't think you're raining on a parade to say that they they got help from the Cardinals, but it was great to see. Of course, as they say, momentum in baseball is as good as your next starting pitcher today, Jody. It is. Ranger Suarez.
4: I, Tell me, it's Ranger Suarez. Go ahead.
3: This is this is your last chance, I
4: guess. To Come
3: make on,
4: Topper, Please, I'm not sure he's listening on the Odyssey.com app right now, but if My he please. is. I, 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 You know, I've been selling this song for seven weeks, Glenn, yep. and and 19 out of every 20 pre- people that I run this by, ranging from major baseball executives and experts and top media guys to our Philly fans here on WIP and my co-hosts like Glenn Macnow, everybody has is, is poo-pooed this and said, you can't do that. No, you wouldn't do that. Why would you even think about doing that? I stand by my thought process. You put Ranger Suarez out there today. Maybe he pitches lights out. you find a way to win the game. And then all of a sudden, you've got Aaron Nola to start the next series against the Atlanta Braves, which is going to be very difficult. If Ranger gets beat, you've got Aaron Nola, one of your two aces, coming back against the Cardinals' third-best starter at best in game number three. I, I've been suggesting this for upwards of seven weeks, and uh, the, no one is listening to me, and we'll see. Uh, now, I'm I'm not rooting for Aaron Nola to go out there and pitch poorly and go, see, I told you they should have started. No, I want Aaron Nola to do exactly what Wheeler did yesterday and mowed the Cardinals down for seven innings. But uh, I just thought outside the box might be a way to go here, but it doesn't seem like that's the direction the Phillies are going.
3: Jody, your point is well taken, and I disagree. That's OK. And we'll never know. Right. We'll never know. But it's a it's a fascinating theory and you brought it right up to the end. And I, I appreciate that you stuck with it. Uh, yes. Tonight, it's Aaron Nola versus Miklas. We shall see. Philly's actually a slight favorite, but that doesn't really mean much because we will see how it plays out. Hey, we got that. We have a huge Eagles game tomorrow against the other Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals, coming up in the show. We are going to talk to Seth Joyner. We are going to talk to Ben Davis. We are going to uh, talk about uh, a TV movie. You know what? You and I both watch it. I have no idea how you feel about it, but we will review that one later for what we're watching. And we will talk to you at 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. It's
6: a
7: great
3: Well, we are certainly going to bring those Eagles into the conversation very soon, uh, celebrating a Phillies win yesterday over the Cardinals in Game 1 of the wild-card round of the playoffs. Uh, Seth Joyner will join us at 11, as we said, and Ben Davis at noon. Uh, we'll get to the calls in a moment, Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Now It's time for this week in Philadelphia Sports History, brought to you by Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit their new location at Wayne and Lancaster Avenues in downtown Wayne, or at shibesports.com. Jody, I take you back to October 1993. You were doing middays at WIP. I was still with the Inquirer. Soon to join you.
4: One of the highlights of my life, (laughs) 1993. First, the Phillies make it to the World Series, and then I get Glenn Macknow as my partner. I'd say the end of the 93 year was a good one Uh for me. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, and just a little bit of an aside,
3: I remember as soon as I joined you, we had a program director, Tom Bigby, who said, don't talk baseball.
4: Yeah, <laughs> the they just went to the World Series. Yes. Why are you bringing baseball up? All
3: right, so here we go. Game one of the NLCS, the Phillies against the Atlanta Braves, and early, uh, not early, they're bringing Kim Batiste as a defensive replacement. He makes an error. They're going to lose. Oh, no. But then. He comes up in the game with men on base. Let's give it to the great Harry Callis.
2: Belliard, the second baseman, is closer than the shortstop. Blouser's way over there in the hole on Baptiste. Ball and two strikes. Here's the stretch. A one-two pitch. Swing, a hard ground ball. Base hit! Base hit! Down the left field line! Druk scores! Bills win! Four to three on the RBI hit by Kim Baptiste! This place is going wild! Baptiste, who made an error in the ninth inning that led to the tie, has picked up a hit down the left field line! Scored, and the Phillies win 4-3 in 10 in Game 1 of the League
3: Championship Series. Uh, it just makes you smile. Hearing the voice, hearing, and by the way, it's Harry and Whitey, of course. Just hearing those guys makes you smile. Even the way Kim Baptiste, everybody did their Harry. And Jody, that was 93, right up until Joe
4: Carter was just one of those magical years. I was going to say, didn't end the way it was no, supposed to end. No. Like yesterday's game ended the way it was supposed to end, but uh, that season didn't. But that was a tremendous run because no one saw the Phillies coming that year, Macho Row, and everything else. And up until Joe Carter, you're right. It was just such a fun year. And a quick Tim Kim Batista side. Um, my wife and I were just married, uh, a year and change, I think, as a matter of fact, and went to all the playoff games, got tickets, and if I used my press pass, then my wife sat with her friend, and if not, my wife and I sat together for that entire playoff run. And after every game we would go to, and you're going to help me out here because my memory isn't what it used to be, uh, the old Holiday Inn, um, yeah. I think it was a Holiday Inn that was Jaworski's right there on the corner. Right? Jaworski's, yeah, I yeah. can't remember the name of the bar,
3: but yeah, they I know, I, I can't either. But bar. it was, it was, it was, everything was green in it. I remember the bar,
4: right? And it yeah. was more Eagles themed. But for uh, that Phillies run, certainly after every single game, you walk in the joint and all you can see is red with the naked eye. Yes, and we would go there after every single game and have a cocktail to win or loss. And Kim Batiste used to stay in the hotel. I think he lived in the hotel all year. As a matter yeah. of fact,
3: Forgosi did too.
4: So yeah. So every once in a while, after win, usually after wins, after losses, you couldn't find Kim or anybody else as far as the players go because they were not uh, happy bunch. But after a win, they would come down. You'd see him in there. You go. You buy him a beer, or whatever else. Give him a high five. And Kim Batiste was one of those guys who was there often during that playoff run all the way to the World Series, first against the Braves, then against uh, the uh, the Blue Jays in the World Series. And he was one of my wife's favorite players. She just loved Kim Batiste because (laughs) he was one of those underdog-type guys that you wanted to root for. And I remember buying Kim Batiste a couple of beers during that playoff run. There you go. Nice. I like that. What the hell was the name of that bar? What did yours call that place? Was uh... it the Eagle's Nest?
3: It's probably something like that. I don't remember, but somebody will remember. We Jones, went in all the you know,
4: time, and Kim Batiste was hanging out and uh, partying with the Phillies fans after those postseason wins.
3: So I play that for two reasons. I play it because one, it, the scrappy underdog story, which you know they went on that magical run, and maybe we get that again this year with a team. They put out the odds the other day out of Vegas, and the Phillies had the longest odds of anybody to get to the world to win the World Series. Okay, here we go. Uh, but the second is because it brings up our theme for what is our giveaway today for Shive Vintage Sports. $50 gift card uh, somebody is going to get. And based on Kim Batiste, the unlikely hero, Jody's wife's favorite player. Uh, by the way, the winner does not have to be a favorite of Jody McDonald, of Carol McDonald. But, you know, wouldn't hurt. Exactly. Give us... An unlikely Philly sports hero, typically playoffs postseason. Um, somebody who was that player who was not a star, maybe not even a starter, who rose up and had a great moment for a Philadelphia team uh, and became a hero. And by the way, we agree we're taking Nick Foles out of this right away, right? Because that's, that's the obvious answer.
4: Right. If you put him in, then the <laughs> conversation is over. So yeah. uh, remove Nick from consideration. No, No disrespect, Nick uh yes still drink for free here in Philadelphia for the rest of your life, but for today's conversation yes, Nick falls uh not, not to be included all right do you want to
3: throw one in or you want to leave it to the listeners
4: yeah let's uh, I think there's a good number of them, but I don't want to take any away from the potential listeners i I've got one specific that I was thinking of I told you uh, about it before I mm-hmm. yeah, uh, don't one. want to, don't want to take it off the board for the peeps all
3: right Kyle Quinn by the way jody is the he's he's the sides.
4: oh it's always on Kyle Quinn Yes, we <laughs> it can't, be, can't be can't be anymore. So it's got to be Kyle Quinn,
3: right? We don't want anybody to get mad at us. So somebody wins a fifty dollars gift card to shy Vintage Sports. Check out their throwback apparel. Their signature location case at horscheibsports Let's talk to Rob
5: in Philly, it's Jody, Matt. You, Jody, sure you know me, the South Dakota
4: Sam. Oh, it's South Dakota Sam here. Uh, this yeah, guy I'm, more is what... I'm over the
5: moon. Uh, uh, Max. Wait, your name is Sam or your name is no, Rob? My real name is Richard, but he's South Dakota. So it was I, was I spent some time in South Dakota when I met Jody. He said, "What the hell are you doing in South Dakota?" What are they? Okay. <laughs> anyway, there was a key at bat. Jody knows I'm a real baseball purist. I'm I'm in my seventies. I I go back to the fifties when the Phillies. Were... There was a real key moment to you guys. If you can point out in the ninth inning, after uh, Hoskins left the inning with a strikeout, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which you call got a, a bloop single in there. You know, Ramuto. Yeah. The key at bat. Because I always have that thing. They try to get two outs when the Phillies are ahead about the time. Was I think Harper walking? One working a one-two count into a walk. I don't know if you recall yep. that he was down one and two, but he didn't swing any bad. But he took one quarter line pitch. That was the key. at that. but if he strikes that, it's two outs, of one on. You know, I always have a rule of thumb. Uh, yeah, I, uh, no, I think that's a good point. Good, good point. Yeah, I have a rule of thumb, guy, uh, and I always have when the Phillies are lead. I, I like to get two outs before the time runs at the plate. You know, mm-hmm. so okay. Um, so I'm really over the moon at that, that win last night. It was at the best of three series. The first game so important, you know? And I'm kind of with you, Glenn. I won no longer ago today. I'm sorry, Jody. Yeah, I just want to put the nail in the coffin if you can. That, yeah. That's good. Do you, gotta, do you have somebody, Rob, yes, who, yes, uh, I, unlikely yes. hero, who you got? Yes, and Jody knows that I go way back. Jody, 1993, the United Phillies won that you know, division, right? In yes. May of that year. We had a big one over the Cardinals. They had their their big Lee Smith and Mariano Duncan. It's a grand slam, a pinch grand slam. I was at that game. It was Mother's Day,
3: I think. Yes, exactly. I was at that game. I I dragged, thank you, Rob. I dragged my wife and kids to that game. Well, dragged, I mean, mostly I wanted to go. My wife's like, yeah, sure. Mother's Day at the ballpark for four hours. (laughs) And they were losing, and Duncan hit that. But Duncan was a good player. I wouldn't call him an unlikely hero.
4: Right. He was uh, a Stone Cold platoon player. He and Mickey Morandini at second base. That's mm-hmm. what made that 93 team uh, as good as it was in, in large part because they had a great platoon at a couple of different positions, both outfield spots, right and left, and second base. So, uh, yeah, and Fergosi pushed all the right buttons. Duncan was a – he wasn't an everyday player, but I wouldn't call him a super sub either, so I don't know if he fits the criteria we're looking for.
3: Let's talk to Nick in Collegeville. You're on with Jody Mack and Glenn Mack now. Hi, Nick.
4: Gentlemen, how are you guys doing?
3: Hey,
8: good. So I called when right before you guys started talking about the Hosley, uh, Hoseley, Hoseley, uh, uh pitcher replacement. Because oh. um, I was, I was, I was wondering the same thing. Did did the manager uh long enough? Yeah. Nick, yeah. we lost you for well, a second. Say say oh, what you said again. Now? We got you.
3: I'm gonna
8: uh, I'm gonna disconnect myself from my Wi-Fi just in case that's doing uh, okay. something. Um, yes, yeah, so I wasn't sure if the manager's thinking I need my my warm up my pitches to warm up more and throw more pitches. So let's go out there under the uh, label or guise of it's an injury. We want to look at it, and then they they had to throw a couple more pitches. To buy the mat the the, the, the warming up pitcher more time and then they went, Oh no, we need the pitching change. Yeah. And then the pitcher so but it, but listen, that's sportsmanship. That's unfortunately look unfortunately we won the game and we don't have to we don't have to cry and bitch and moan. Um Except that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna move on. Uh it was a great win. No, I no, I brought it up because it, it entered got my mind. Right. You wanna you yeah. get a little Eagles point? Yeah, this is a this is a pivotal game. This is an inflection point. I think. I think we. I think this is the Carolina game of 2017 when we went out there on a Thursday night and we beat them down with a healthy Cam, uh, and we realized, wow, this this team is is really good. And so we're going to find out tomorrow. They haven't won. They haven't fared well going to Arizona. It doesn't matter which team or coach has been with the Eagles or Arizona. They go out there and say dominant, just win the game convincingly. Uh, and show that they they are serious and they have that kind of talent, then I think we can kind of get on that 2017 bus again and go. All right, we should expect to win every. You know, you're not going to win every game, but you should. Expect they're not going to win every game, right? But you should. Expect uh, you to say it's a pivotal
3: game. game. I don't say it's a pivotal game. Listen, I'll be really disappointed if they lose, and if they get blown out or if, you know terrible things happen, you reassess, but. I don't want to say pivotal. it's a trap game before Dallas, but maybe it is. I don't know. It could I mean, be. I don't want to say
8: it's pivotal. Like, oh, if we don't make, it's not like late in the season. If you don't win this game, right. you might not make the playoffs. I'm saying pivotal as in have a better understanding if this team is okay. a serious contender or if this team is still top five NFC yeah, and I, maybe we gotcha. get lucky.
3: Can they put their thumb down on right. uh, their, their exactly. foot on their neck and win it? Who's your unlikely hero? So I mean, so Moshe is younger
8: than me. I'm going to you guys. Actually, it's Kyle so, today, but go ahead. Oh, oh, it's Kyle. Okay. Well, still, they're, they're the He's same age. He's younger than Mosh, so. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, there's one out in, 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 you know, in, in Dodger Stadium. There's another one I want to name that would be, uh, you know,
3: the last. Nick, the last... you got to get to okay. it. Come on, man. I'm going Nick Foles, man. If you told me. No, that thing, we took Nick off the board. Listen. you got to listen. We took Nick off the board. Jody, two people, including our friend Dave Breitmeyer, have texted that they believe that bar at the Holiday Inn in those days was Benny the Bums. Could that be right?
4: No, not when Jaworski owned it. No, I
5: that's... got I got the name of it, actually, guys. Oh, what do you got? It was called Legends.
4: Yes! Yes, that
3: was. Yes, it was.
5: There you
4: go. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Now, um, I believe the bar was known as Benny the Bums before Jaws bought the hotel. And when he took over, he made it a sports themed yes. bar and changed the hand name hand of it. Yes. So those who texted in are correct. Uh, the, Benny the Bums was there in that spot at that location, but not when we're referring to it in 1993. Jaworski had taken over by that point and named it Legends. That's correct.
3: Nicely done. All right. 215 9494. Jody McDowell and Glenn McDowell. Coming up at the top of the hour, Seth Joyner will be with us. We are looking forward to talking to Seth uh, and at uh, with Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Macnow. Mike Sielski traveling to Arizona for the game tomorrow. And We really haven't talked about football. I'm trying to balance the two things here, Jody. We will uh, talk to Seth Joyner at 11, so we'll get a lot there. you have concerns about a trap game, a lookover game here?
4: Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, I didn't like how quickly you answered that.
4: <laughs> yeah. Um, so far this year, Glenn, I have picked the Eagles to win all four of their games. They have. I've picked the Eagles to cover all four of their games. They've covered three out of four. I'm seriously concerned about the loss game. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Uh, oh. There's a couple of things in this game, in this matchup, that I have concerns about. Maybe the biggest of which is the quarterback of the opposition. And I know the Eagles defense plays against Jalen Hurts day in and day out at practice, but really what is practice for the Eagles these days? We don't really even know. All we know is that guys get rest and that they have uh, underused the amount of time that they're allowed to use as per the collective bargaining agreement. So I don't know how much playing against Jalen Hurts in practice preps them for a guy like Kyler Murray because – Let's be honest, so far this year, the Eagles have played basically four statues as uh, the Mm -hmm. opposing quarterback. Uh, Certainly, Goff is, Cousins is, Carson has become one. Oh, gosh, Uh, Oh, my God, did they make him look like a statue with the eight-sack game two weeks ago. And then last week, Trevor Lawrence, probably the most athletic guy they faced, Anytime he tried to make a play with his legs, the Eagles were either swatting the ball out of his hands and coming up with fumble recoveries, or he was self-destructing. Maybe the biggest play of the game last week was him on the sprint out, untouched, just drops the football. Mm Mm-hmm. So Kyler Murray and his ability to make plays with his legs is something that the Eagles haven't faced yet. Now, they may face it and be tremendous in it. They're an athletic team, so I think they'll be okay. They're getting great pressure up the middle, but sometimes if you bring it and you don't get them, all of a sudden the entire field is open. Yeah, I'm a little scared of Kyler Murray Interesting.
3: All right. Well, we'll get into that more. We'll certainly talk about that with Seth, but that's... uh not what I wanted to hear. Sorry. <laughs> Got to call okay. him the way we see him, right, Mac man? That's why I respect you so much, Jody Mac. Let's talk to Chris in Clinton. You're on with Jody and Glenn.
7: Hey, Glenn. Hey, Jody. How are you guys doing this morning? All Good. right. Uh, well, so, um, Jody, the one thing with Kyler tomorrow, I think I'm looking for uh, Kyler White to just spy him all game. I think that that's, that's what they're going to play tomorrow, but we'll see. I, um,
4: as do I. Just give me a quick second to respond here. um. The Cardinals have two very good over-the-middle players, one of which we know quite well is named Zach Ertz, and the other one is Rondell Moore, their uh, inside receiver, who's just coming back from injury. Last year. Last week was his first game of the year, but he's a really good uh, middle receiver who, if you're going to use White specifically to uh, spy on Kyler Murray, I think those two other guys in the middle of the field, and Murray can throw it between the uh, hash marks, could have big days if you're relying solely on Chauncey Gardner Johnson to cover
7: those two guys. Well, that's fair. No, I, it's definitely their their um, biggest test of the year, I would say, in terms of the opposing, you know, the opposing quarterback. But anyway, I mean, I'm I'm way more excited about the Phillies today. I mean, that's it's. It's just so exciting to have been, you know, when Segura got that hit and, um, you know, I hadn't been that excited about a baseball game in 12 years. <laughs> like That's, that. right. So, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up, um, actually, this is the the second time this year the Phillies will be facing the Cardinals in St. Louis with Aaron Noah on the mound and with Nicholas um, on the mound for um, the Cardinals. Um, they face the Cardinals, they have it up July 11th earlier this year. Um, Hoskins on a homer off of uh, Miklas earlier on, but um, they ended up losing that game um, six to one. So I, I thought that was an interesting thing to, to bring up. I know that I don't, don't want to rain on the parade, but um, well, you know, you know again, was had, had, you got Nola's was line go for that run? day. Well, that Nola what was was Nola's running? line not line that very day. well. No, he gave about a three-run. I think he gave up a three-run home run to uh, Corey Dickerson late in the game. So he went into the seventh. Um, Funny enough, Edmundo Sosa had a uh, RBI double off of Aaron Nola that day when he there was you still know. on the Cardinals. That's
3: yeah. it. Chris, you just flipped yeah. that the other way. Today he gets it off of
7: Miklas, so we're hey, okay. Yeah, we're there we go. yeah exactly. And Who's we your unlikely game, but... hero? Yeah, so um, this, he led the Eagles in receiving the day in the Super Bowl. and That's um, Corey Clement.
3: Yeah. Clement, but yeah, that's a pretty good one. Corey Clement had a great Super Bowl that Huge year. Huge Super Bowl. Nice thing. guy, local guy. Like I always like Corey Clement. His dad comes to all the pregame shows that we do outside Really? the Yeah, every one. Very nice. It was more fun when he played for the Eagles, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I suppose <laughs> the Cowboys or the Giants or whatever team he's playing for now. Um, this, of course, leads to the question of which NOLA we get tonight. And he was so terrific in his last start. But with Nola, particularly this time of year, or really any Nola, you get, oh, man, just breeze through five innings looking so good. Sixth inning, gives up a hit, gives up a walk. Well, you don't usually give up a walk, but, I mean, you you know those three-run home runs are the killers. I have no way to predict what Nola shows up. I'm encouraged that he played much better this September than he has in previous Septembers. That's all I can go on.
4: Exactly. And um, this will once again be, you asked me earlier about the Cardinal manager and the moves that Rob Thompson made. When does the the call to the bullpen come? Is he going to get six in? Is he going to get seven in? Where do you draw the line if you're Rob Thompson? And the other thing I'll say in defense of the Cardinal manager yesterday when he pulled Quintana as early as he did, it was nothing, nothing at the time. Every run was crucial. So if you saw anything, I think you needed to be ready to go to the bullpen. We'll see how Rob Thompson manages just that today with Aaronola.
3: John and Shalfon is with us. Hey, John.
6: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. So uh, just extremely excited about what we're seeing in the Phillies, uh, this, this playoff. with my family in front of the TV again after all these years. It was just great to see yesterday yeah. Yeah. Um, and experience that again and share that really you know, with the kids as they're older, it's just, it's just a fucking, a fucking, and How old are every single, well, now, now they're like 18 and 19, but back in 2008, when we were winning, they were, you know, they were little guys and I was, yeah.
3: just,
6: you know, and they don't remember a whole lot. They just remember a little bit about the excitement of it, but
3: I think that I,
6: at their age, they're able to actually watch it and experience.
3: it. Yep. And, and my kids are old enough that they remember the great Phillies run. Right. And, um, but I heard Ria earlier this week. rhea has got a thirteen-year-old, and this is the first time that she and her thirteen-year-old can share this joy. So it's the I get it for you, and it's re- it is really special when for kids that first pennant runner, that first championship, you just never forget. So it's a great yeah, exactly, great.
6: Mm-hmm. yeah. And you're watching the screen, but you're also looking over at them and watching them just experience it through their eyes, and it's just it's just the best. It's so much fun. Uh, every of that was so important. It counted so much. Every uh, you know, every pitch and. And and Harper drawing that walk, and and Baum getting to getting hit by the pitch as he did, and just everything added up to just a, that night that was phenomenal. Yes,
3: yes, sir. So, do you have an unlikely hero for us?
6: So when you said that, my I immediately went to the unassisted triple play by Mr. Eric Bruntlett. and that was just uh, that was a blast when you saw that go down.
3: Jody, I. Uh... I remembered Bruntland had a triple play. I don't remember the specific game.
4: Unassisted, Uh, yes. Unassisted. Which is a rare thing in baseball. (laughs) Triple plays are rare things. But unassisted triple plays were rare, and that was the year of the World Series. Now, I uh, texted you before and said I think it should be Eric Bruntley. But not because of the unassisted triple play. That was in season, which was huge. But then in the World Series itself, I believe it was game three, he comes in, defensive replacement, sure enough, got to come to bat, gets on base, um, advances second, advances the third. Uh, they walk the bases full, and Chooch hits that little dribbler down yes. the third base line, yes. and he comes flying home and beats the throw to score the winning run. That was my Eric Bruntlet thought. Yeah. I agree with That's Eric what I thought. And he had a big play during the year, which was contributing to the entire run. But yeah, I'll kind of lean toward a World Series major play than uh, rather than a regular season play. But if Eric, if it's Eric Bruntlett, I'm voting for Eric Bruntlett.
3: Uh, as they say, right church, wrong pew. And yeah, I remember the hit by Chooch. It was like a 45 foot game winning <laughs> RBI <laughs> single. Uh, 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 Just goes down in the in the box score is like game winning hit.
4: Line drive. Could have been a laser off the bat on the box score the next day.
3: Those were great days, man. Maybe we get some more of that. Coming up, we are looking forward to talking to our pal Seth Joyner uh, about um, the Eagles and the Cardinals. Remember, Seth lives most of the time in Phoenix.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.